is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. See, we believe that this church even exists for supernatural reasons. God ordained it, put it together in His timing. The very moment that this church needed a pastor was the very moment that we felt led to start a church that would come and merge and and create War Hill. You see, God's lining everything up in your life. But why do we get freaked out about the supernatural? I mean, think about it. You're in here lifting your hands, or some of you are. You're singing you're bowing your, your head and speaking words to a God who is supernatural. But then we wonder if people will think we're weird if supernatural things happen around us. So that's the series we're coming into today. Open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18. I want to bring you a message today called No More Limping. Matter of fact, would you do me a favor and look at somebody around you and tell them, stop limping. Would you do that? Somebody needs to get healed. Come on, amen. Stop limping. (laughs) Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this testimony. Thank you for what you are orchestrating in every life. It's, It's your will. Everybody that's here is here because your word is true. You direct the footsteps of the righteous. You order our plan and our time, and we are here for this word today. Not the message I planned for today, but the message you planned for today. Speak to us now, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 20. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 20 reads like this. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Notice this. Elijah then walks up, went before the people and said, I didn't say he went before the prophets, it said he went before the people. Went before Who? the people, and said, how long will you limp between two opinions? If the Lord is God, notice that, how long will you limp? I want you to get that word. But uh, Your Bible may say waver, halt, how long will you be undecided? ESV version really knocks it home with this word, how long will you limp between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. So what has happened here? I want you to get this. There are the people on one side stand 450 prophets of Baal. On the other side stands Elijah. Elijah then steps to the middle of the scene and he says, look guys, you can either stand with me or you can stand with Baal, but you need to make up your mind. Watch this. How long will you lamp between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But I want you to notice the very last sentence here. It says this, but the people said nothing. Interesting. So what we have here is a new series, a series that I I had not planned. Like I said, I kind of thought we were on to something. We might stay in Psalms for a while, but God began to put this into place and really put two two specific messages into my heart that caused me to say, we're going to break from that series, move into a time about the supernatural presence of God. The next few weeks, I'm going to be preaching to you about angels and how they show you Jesus. It's probably the strangest messages that I've ever put together. But if we really believe in the supernatural, why then do we not see it? 
Why are we not experiencing it? And I think that this passage really nails that down for us. This passage really reveals to us why we don't see more of the move of God in our lives. Because here's what he says to these people. He says, why are you limping, watch this, between two? Notice this. Why are you limping between two? So it's not that they have sided with one against God, and it's not that they have sided for God against uh, the enemy. They are somewhere in between. Jesus said it later, and he said either you'll be hot or cold, because if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. Jesus made a very clear distinction of this very same thing later in, in the book of Revelation. We see that it's really clear that there is an important decision that you have to make. Am I going to serve God or am I not going to serve God? And the reason that we don't see the miracles of God is because we're somewhere limping in the middle. Now let's understand why that word limp works here, and I'll show you later in the verse why it's probably the best translation later in the passage. Uh, the word limp simply means this, that something has damaged your gate, okay? Not, not like a fence gate, but the gate with which you watch. Something has damaged the way you walk and makes you not walk with the same strength and surety that you once walked. So what the verse is saying is that for some reason, you are unsure whether or not you're going to live for the enemy or you're going to live for God. For some reason, you find yourself in the middle because what it really says is one day you're all over here about how good God is. And what, then what it says another day, you're over here, well, I don't even know if I know God. Oh, let me, let me just put it another way for you. You serve him on Sunday. Praise God. Hallelujah. But then comes Monday and all hell breaks loose at work and you sound just like everybody else. There's, that was either an amen or an oh me moment. Come on now. Amen. You see, what happens is we end up in this place limping between two decisions and we're wondering why God's not showing up and we're wondering why there's no miraculous move of God and we're stuck there. Now look, there's a time for silence. Isn't that right, Pastor Todd? There's a time for silence, but in this particular time, it, there's a time to speak up because he says the problem is this, you remain quiet and you won't make up your mind and declare what you're going to be. And you can't have the miraculous move of God in your life when you're trying to live in two worlds. One of my favorite stories out of the scripture is there's this, uh, this boy who, who he actually ends up dying, and it's a horrible story, but it makes so much sense for me in where we live. The Bible says he was half Egyptian, half Israelite, so he's half what was and half what could be, and there was this struggle inside of him that made him not fit anywhere among the people of God. And that's why so many of us feel disconnected from the move of God. That's why when people in our very same service we're in, their hands are up and God's moving on their life and God's changing who they are. And, and, and we're sitting there going, I don't feel anything, God. Why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? And God says, I'm right here and I want to pour out on you just like I poured out on everybody else. But you got to make up your mind. Are you going to serve me or not? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. That's where you have to come to. You see, you've got to make up your mind if you're going to limp between two things or if you're going to decide, I'm going to be a Christian. I mean, it's that simple. Or at least it seems that simple. But yet we'll make this declaration on this morning, but then tomorrow when everything's not perfect, we wonder if we made a mistake. And then we're like, well, I need to go back to my old habits because my old habits make me feel comfortable. And God says, no. 
Stop going back to the old because it brought you to where you are. Step over into the newness of the life of Christ because it can take you of where you only dreamed. It can even take you further than that if you'll begin to serve God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. You go, Pastor Don, I don't know if I can be sold out to God. How can you not be sold out to a God who sold out everything for you? He loves you. But that's the problem. Pastor, we want to see miracles. Well, sell out to God. Stop limping, and you might have to have your own Mount Carmel. Now, here's the thing about Mount Carmel. I think it's important to note why he went to Mount Carmel, because what really happens is this. Mount Carmel, during this period of time, is the epicenter of Baal worship. We talk about the mountain where the fire fell, but in this time, it's the epicenter of Baal worship. So what he really does, I love the audacity of Elijah. See, that's part of the, the thing. When you make up your mind, you get, you get gumption. Is that, a, is that a real word? I don't know. You get something down inside of you, and he literally walks into their home stadium. They have home field advantage. Carmel is where they worship. He walks into their house and says, I'm going to give it to you right here. 450 of them gather around him and say, big boy, you're in the wrong place. And he says, you got to understand something. I'm about to turn the wrong place in the right place because I know who's standing with me. And he walks in and he begins to call them out at home. And as he begins to call them out at home, things begin to happen. Changes begin to occur. Uh, things begin uh, to, to line up. And, and, and I guess we really need to settle that really fast this morning. And, and I don't want to preach here long, but it's time for some of you to walk into the very places of your life that the enemy thinks he has control and establish, is Jesus Lord or not? It's that simple. I almost missed, I got so excited about this message, I almost missed this, this first point that I think is imperative to the whole thing. Have you made up your mind if Jesus is Lord? Yes. Romans 10, I quote it every Sunday, Romans 10, every single week I quote the verse that says what? That you must believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. dead. Why? Because if you don't believe that he's Lord, then you won't live as if he's alive. And if he's alive, he can enforce everything he said he was going to do. I'm glad that you're not helping me preach this morning a little bit more because I might get a little fired up this morning because, you see, I am made up my mind. I'm not limping between these decisions anymore. I'm sold out to Jesus. I, I want to serve him with all my heart, and I want to see what God can do when somebody does that. Some of you are afraid if you try God, then things are going to not work out right, and you're going to be ashamed. No, 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 no. Try God, and you're going to find it always works out right with God. You need to make up your mind, is he Lord or not? But what if there's other ways? No, 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 no. You, you can follow your other ways, but God's looking for somebody who will follow his way. Because I'm just going to be real plain with you. There is one way. The way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me, says Jesus Christ. It's, he's the only answer. Uh, somebody said, Pastor Don, God's blessing your church. We had 10 saved in the last service. God's blessing your church. People are getting saved. and things. Like that. You're compromising on the gospel over there. Uh, let me just read real plain. There is no, I'm going to look at the camera and say, there is no other way than Jesus Christ. You will die lost and go to hell without the love of Jesus Christ. Make up your mind. Serve Jesus. Love God. Honor him. And see what God can do for you. I want you to get that. Make up your mind. All right? So once we've established who Jesus is, we're ready for the battle. We're ready to step out into the battle. And here's what he does. He steps onto their field and he says, all right, you have home field advantage. And then I love what he says. Does he say, all right, let's see how many people your God can heal? No. 
Does he say, let's see if your God can send manna down from heaven? No. What does he say? Let's see if we build an altar, if your God can burn it up. Do you know why he said that? Are you ready for this? He said that because Baal was the God of lightning. Oh, I just got to preach for a moment, can I? He says, watch this. He says, you've been taking the people's offerings. You've been taking the people's praise. You've been pouring stuff out on them that's destroying their lives. Let's see if your God can do what you claim he can do. Your God's the God of lightning, so here's the battle. We're going to set up a stone uh, altar, and we're going to put something on it, and let him send lightning down, and let the lightning explode that and burn it up. He says, watch this, I'll make it easy for you. This is what you claim anyways. He said, but if he can't do it, then we'll see if my God can do it. Why? What he's saying is your God can only claim to do things, but my God can do everything that he's ever declared he could do. And so he says, I've made up my mind, and because I've made up my mind, let me just tell you, when I make up my mind about what God has finally told me to do, I've learned everything. It blows my mind because I'll say, well, wow, how did that happen? Then I'll go, dummy, you trust God. Why didn't you expect God to move? God moves. It's like the other day, I told you about it, but it's still blowing my mind. I got down on my knees and, 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 and this building program and all the things, everything feels like it's like, like moving at such a slow pace. And I'm like, everybody asks me every Sunday, where are we, where are we, where are we? And I'm like, I'll tell you when we get something. And I said, God, I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. And I, I don't even know how to handle all of this. And God, I need you to show yourself strong. And God, I don't want to have to depend on anybody else. I want to depend on you. And God, would you just show me that you're in control of this? And Lord, would you provide for it? I prayed just like that. Got up, drove up to the church and felt an overwhelming just desire that I needed to go to our mailbox and check our mailbox and pulled out a check for five figures for our building program from somebody we don't even know. I said, okay, you're in it. I mean, you're in it. <laughs> Have I doubted a few times when this, this engineering thing didn't look right? Yes, but then I remember he's in it. See, God's saying, make up your mind that he's in this thing with you because you're in this thing with him. And then watch what he can do. And so he says, all right, we're going to let your God do what he can do. So they start trying to do what they do. All right. And all morning long, they're doing the, I don't know, the whipping nay-nay all around that altar. Come on, amen. <laughs> they're dancing all around that altar. They're confident. We're going to show Elijah. <laughs> Elijah's going to see our God's God. Come on now, amen. I got my, my best preacher cadence on right there. Come on, you know. And, and, and they're showing that we're going to see who's God. Oh, come on now, amen. But, uh, and, and all of a sudden, uh, midday hits. And I love what Elijah does. Elijah steps up and he says, hey, where is your God? We've been waiting for him all morning long. I love what he says next. He says, could he be asleep? You think he's even awake? One version puts it pretty bluntly, and I'm just going to go there. You know me. It says, do you think he's in the bathroom? Relieving himself? Do you think he's on vacation? Where is your God? And I love what the Bible says they do next. See, this is why the first translation is important to the last translation. Watch this. They then begin to dance more fervently. They cut themselves. One version says with spears and knives. They 
begin to scream louder. They're drinking things probably they shouldn't be drinking. They're doing things to try to make themselves hallucinate. They're trying, they're, watch what, but I love the translation of, of the original here because where it says dancing in most of your translation, they began to dance around the altar. The actual word is the very same word that Elijah used when he said, it's time for you to stop limping. They started limping around Baal's altar. Now watch this for just a moment. Why are they now limping? You see, they started this whole process. Oh, Baal's going to win. Baal's going to win. This is easy. Our God's the God of fire. He can send fire. No problem. And so now they're confident. And before long, it's midday. And by midday, Elijah's making fun of them. And they're getting worried. Why hasn't our God showed up? Why isn't God doing this? And now, instead of stepping out, watch this, boldly for what's the definition of limp? Something has caused damage that has weakened your gait, that has weakened the way you walk. And so now, instead of stepping out boldly, they step out with a limp. And they're like, oh, come on. You got to show up. You got to somehow work for me. You got you to do I feel God as I'm preaching to you right now. I'm telling you. I, somebody said, Pastor, why do you always say that? All I know is when I feel him, I got to tell you about it because it feels good. Come on. Amen. And, and I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on. Amen. How many are thankful for a supernatural God that can be felt? Amen. And so the bell worship and somebody runs over here and goes, let's cut ourselves. Maybe he'll do something then. Boom, no fire. Oh, no. Then somebody runs over here and goes, let's drink poison. Maybe they'll, boom, they fall dead. No fire. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's awful. The, the, this one's going, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Why aren't you answering? Why aren't you answering? Why aren't you? And they're caught limping around their own altar. Now, that may not make sense to any of you, but I've been there. I've limped where I should have stood. I've limped instead of run in faith. I've limped instead of being the man of God that I should be. Because you see, what happens is this. Something damages my faith. Can I tell you what it normally is? And this may not be for you. This just may be for this side of the room right now. But it's normally my own sin. And amen would make me not feel so lonely right now. So what happens is this. I know what God wants me to do, and I know what I can do, but because I have sinned and fallen, and just like we talked about uh, last time I preached to you guys, uh, I'm trying to remember when that was, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, the last time I got to share with you was we always end up going back. But because we went back, we can't stand because we think we've disqualified ourselves from standing. Am I making sense? So we come out here, we want to serve God, but we know we deserve the failure. So we limp in between. Oh God, please, God, I just want you to move for me. God, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do, God. And before long, because we're not running to where we're supposed to run to for God, we run to where we shouldn't run. And we're living in the wrong place, doing the wrong things, do, feeling even worse about it. And then we can't even think about running for Jesus, running the race of which we're called to run because we're limping so bad, because we wounded our faith so bad that we feel like we've disqualified. Nobody in here has sinned. I know nobody in here has gone through struggles. And nobody else, the devil, looks at you and says, how dare you think God could use you? But if you have found that, maybe you're listening or watching, and you have found that, then you understand exactly what I'm talking about because the devil has you limping. But this is what I want to remind you. 
Jesus walked into the room and everyone who couldn't stand on their own, the Bible says they were all healed. And everyone who couldn't find their way because they couldn't see, they all received their sights. Jesus wants to walk right into your life and heal you of that limp by forgiving you and setting you free by the power of Jesus Christ. Stop limping and start standing. Start believing and start trusting God. Amen. Amen. So what does he do? Finally, he's had enough. He says, guys, my turn. I love this part of the story. Look, he says, and I'm not going to do it defensively. I'm going to be on the offensive. So that's why some of you can't see a miracle because miracles follow offense more than defense. Are you with me? What did the word say about the church? That the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. Gates are not offensive, they're defensive. So the offense says I have to be going forward. Okay? I'm moving forward. So the miracle comes when I'm moving forward toward the right place with God. When I'm moving forward toward the right place with God, I'm headed in the right direction. God's going to do the right thing in my life for me and and with me. And here's what happens. I love this. I love this. Elijah says, well, before I start, help me out. Now, it's in the middle of a drought. Are you with me? Is it hard to start a fire in the middle of a drought? No. He says, I don't want it to be too easy. Let's go get some water and saturate the sacrifice, saturate the wood, dry wood soaks up the water, right? And it goes, but he puts so much water on it, it ends up pooling around it. And he says, okay, good, 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 good. I think we're in the right place now. And I, and I want to I read this to you just the way that I wrote it. And I think it's, in, it's important. What Elijah is saying here, that the odds are not good now. All right, watch this. What he's saying is when you finally decide to stand with God, it doesn't matter what the odds are. It can be the world against one, but as long as God is for the one, you're going to win. And so what he's really saying, and so God loves to prove the odds wrong. Some of you go, well, Pastor, I don't understand how that applies. Let me just give that to you. If your parents were alcoholics, the odds say you're supposed to be an alcoholic. If your mom and dad divorced, it says that you have a double of a chance to divorce. You got quiet on me. You know what that tells me? A young preacher would have thought I said something wrong, but somebody's been preaching as long as I have this many gray hairs knows I might have just hit home. The odds say if it's your second marriage that you have an 88% chance to divorce. If it's your third marriage, it basically says it's impossible you're going to stay married. That's what the odds say. I just want to give you that. See, that's what he's saying. Elijah's saying, let's make the odds impossible without God. If you were an addict, the odds say within four and a half years, you'll return. Can I just say it? But with God. With God, you can overcome. 
I feel the Holy Spirit as I'm talking to you today. With God, you could win. With God, you could. I, I, I just feel this in my heart. I, I want somebody to get in, and I might not be saying it in the most effective way. I may have told you this last week. Let me tell you this story one more time. I, the, uh, the, the secretarial team were all gone to lunch one day this week. I think Danny and I were in a meeting, and, and the phone was ringing, and, and it just kept ringing. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to answer the phone real fast. Then excuse me. And I grabbed the phone, and, and, and the man said this. This is what he said. He said, he said uh, hey, uh, I said, hello, Warhill. And he said, yeah, I was trying to leave a message for Dr. Allen. I said, well, this is he. What, what can I do for you? And he said, he said, uh, um, he said, is this you? And I said, yeah, what's up? And he said, well, Pastor, I got to tell you. He said, uh, uh, I didn't tell you what happened to me the other night. I said, what happened to you, bro? Tell me, tell me. He said, he said, I, I was going to kill myself. He said, it was over. He said, my, everything had fallen apart and I was going to end my life. And he said, I, I don't know why, but I reached up and flipped on the radio. He said, you started screaming at me through the radio. I said, man, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to scream. I've, I've been working on that for 30 years. And he, he said, he said, no, don't apologize. He said, you were screaming, don't give up, don't give up. Whatever you do, don't give up. So he said, I didn't give up. <laughs> he said, here I am. So I may be passionate about what I'm trying to tell you, but I want you to get it because I may end up screaming it. The odds may not always be in your favor. But God on your side changes all the odds. That's what Elijah's saying. When you make up your mind, I'm going to serve God. It does not matter where you find yourself. You might not. Don't go home and go, see, Pastor said our marriage is over. No, you missed the whole thing. Go home and say, I'm going to stand on the word that the man of God preached. And he told me, no matter how you act, no matter how I act, if we'll get right with Jesus, it's all going to work out in the end. Amen. Amen. Get right with Jesus. That's what it all comes down to. You will love your family the way you're supposed to if you're right with Jesus. You will love your spouse the way you're supposed to if you're right with Jesus. Make your stand, make your claim, and see what God can do. Amen. And I love what God does as I get ready to close this sermon today. You stop limping and you even start running when you find the right place to stand for God. Now, I love what he says. Elijah says, God of heaven, these people don't know where to stand. This is my paraphrase, but here's the line that he really says. They need to see you are God. He doesn't say, God, would you please show them I'm right? Because that's most of our prayers. Show them I'm right. No, he says, God, show them who you are. And then he says, and who I am in you. See, that's what God wants to do for you. He wants you to reach the place that you know who you are in Christ so that when you're supposed to be failing, they can see you winning and it doesn't point to you, but it points to God. And when it points to God, everything gets right. Pastor Don, I don't know where to go. To Jesus. I don't know what to do. Get with Jesus. Get your life right with Jesus. And when you get your life right with Jesus, everything else will work out. That's 
What's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. 